Welcome to the Smiling Homeschooler Podcast. My name is Ben Wilson, and this week we have a conversation about God's grace and parenting and how to balance rules and your responsibility with the grace of God. Before we start, I want to say thank you to Teaching Textbooks for all their support of the Smiling Homeschooler. They're one of the best math curriculums around, and we believe they help more homeschoolers smile. So go check them out over at teachingtextbooks.com. But let's get going. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson. I don't know. Ben sounds dead tired. I mean, he told me he was tired, but... Even in his intro, he just sounded tired. Was it a hard day in the office? No, I don't know. I just felt like all of a sudden I just like lost all my energy a few minutes ago and just like crashed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Maybe it's, I mean, Anderson hasn't been sleeping great. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like a regression for us and him. So maybe it's that. I uh, like I always, like I told your sister, you'll get a good night's sleep 15 to 20 years from now. Yeah. Yeah, something to, to look forward to <laughs> exactly and not but, really no, not really not these are the best either. times right now yeah. it's a little rough but uh, it is what it is uh have it you been, is you guys been watching the olympics at all over there yeah we were watching it some today uh right around lunchtime um the kids like snowboarding and uh you know it does kind of like uh, youtube and things like that kind of take some of the urgency out of it because it was used to be you'd like watch it just in case you saw something spectacular right. now you go oh i'll go look at it. Okay, yeah what was it and then Almost you look the at it and, yeah yeah that is yeah. true so that does change it some but uh no I, I, it's still fun i always just like it i like it. i mean all the commentators and stuff i always think it's funny though just the difference in like you know with figure skating they're like you know, this is a sport that's been going for 300 years and they're always, you know, but then with like the s- snowboarders, you're like, that was gnarly. He totally smashed it, you know, and stuff. And <laughs> no, they're just like so no, different. No, it's, it's really no, interesting, no, but they all sound no, professional, no. but it's just fun. But yeah, they sound a different kind of professional. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, also- so it's fun. I mean, and I, I was thinking, you know, really it could be uh, a good, a good homeschooler could take advantage of the Olympics and make it like a really fun homeschool two weeks. You know, you could watch things, you could keep track of things. You wouldn't even have to, you could just watch it and experience it. Um, and it would, it I think would f- fulfill all the requirements of homeschooling or keep track of, you know, how many gold medals, who has what gold medals, or, you know, you could be creative. Um, I know that, uh, as a homeschooling mom, you're kind of tired, um, but there, I bet you there's even some great curriculum out there that uh, takes advantage of those Olympic moments and would lead you in those kind of unit studies. But something off of that, that made me think of that. We mentioned something like that last week. Someone was like, oh, I can count whatever it was as homeschooling. And that's totally fine. But just I think it would be good to make a habit of just like counting everything as it and not always having to make everything fun, have some kind of like ulterior motive in your mind of like, oh, I can check the box because it's okay not to have to make everything be like, this is covering geography. Like just, you know, it is covering geography and you can be, you know, sure of that, but don't feel like you have to come up with some connection. And that's why you should like count your days at the beginning of the year. Just put down 180 on the first day of school, you know, for your transcript, then you don't have to worry about it because you're going to get them anyway. Yeah. 
Totally. Um, the other thing is we are in the middle of birthday season here. I mean, we've had Hudson's uh, birthday like a week and a half ago, Rinley's birthday a couple days ago, or yesterday actually, and then Kat's birthday's this week, and then Sam's birthday's next week, and then Maggie's birthday next week. It's almost nightmare next week. <laughs> oh, this is so much. <laughs> I mean, I usually during this time because we, we used to decorate and we still do. We decorate for everybody at home, so you know we put up the birthday banner, um, and we put and we've got like different kinds. We have Lego birthday banners. My favorite birthday banner is the one that was, of course, they're assembled in China. All the letters came on it backwards. So, you know, it's happy birthday spelled backwards. And we put up the balloons. By the way, I got a deal at Walmart today. Every bag of uh, balloons, they had like a giant grocery cart full of balloons. And each bag was a dime. So I bought 10 bags of balloons. <laughs> nice. uh, I should have taken orders. Uh, but. Yeah. You know, and I kind of got, I would get fatigued, like, oh, I got to decorate again. You know, we just took down their decorations yesterday. Yep. Um, but it is just going to get crazier. We're going to, at our family, we're going to have like have a to, birthday a day. We may have to do some combination <laughs> stuff here pretty quick. Just do like, all right, February people, other than the little kids, y'all just getting one meal together or something, or maybe two. We might two. just have to do like the, you know, and I just told mom last night, uh, because uh, we were talking and, and grandma was over at the Weavers. You don't know who the Weavers are, but Ben does. We were at the, at the Weavers for a birthday. And I said, it won't be long before they're wheeling us up in our wheelchairs. And they're going, would you like some cake, cake pops? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Well, the weird thing yeah. is that maybe the balloons made me think about it. A couple years ago, like I legitimately for like, a while for could not blow a balloon up anymore like i like forgot how to do it for somehow like i just went to do it and i think i was biting on it too much or something instead of just like holding it it was the weirdest thing i was like i can't do it anymore so i just couldn't do it for a while and then all of a sudden i just went back and just like kind of went into like autopilot and i was able to do it again but it was the weirdest thing <laughs> i'll tell you that makes a parent feel really good uh <laughs> that you kind of what you let your kids down like so what were your accomplishments i learned how to blow up a balloon i already could it was like my whole life i could blow up a balloon but he forgot just like for like a while it was just like my muscle memory just went away for a little bit and then it came back so wow, uh, wow. it was bizarre i didn't but, know that i didn't know that yeah i don't know i tried not to share it with so many people <laughs> but <laughs> probably good so that's you said it on a podcast that's okay that's okay yeah, exactly. hey uh we're going to talk about something today tonight um I don't know how this is go. This will go, um, but uh, I don't know. A couple weeks ago, uh, every Thursday night, we watch Ben and Rissa's kids as they go to a small group, and and Ben and Rissa came in the door, and and Ben was saying, "Oh, they were just talking about parenting," and and the conversation was kind of like, and you can correct me, Ben, if I'm wrong, but it was basically like. You know, uh, how do we how do we make sure that our kids are going to be OK, even though we can't control all their we can't control their actions. God's involved in that, you know, but we are responsible, but we can't control their actions. And it was kind of I could sense the tension in his thinking because and really the. Um, the, uh, the the fear, maybe not in you, but the fear of every parent really our nightmares is that our kids will walk away from us and God and they will just turn their backs and thumb their noses at everything we hold dear. And, uh, you know, and so 
uh, it kind of leaves us open for every flim flam man who comes along and says, have I got a deal for you? I can assure that if you follow my 15 steps, your kids will always walk with Jesus and never walk away. Um, and so I thought, you know, that would be a good conversation just to have. Um, and I, again, I don't know how it's going to go. Um, we are not going to like say, well, if you do these three things or 10 things or 150 things, then everything's going to turn out good because, you know, even God, um, in the very first four people, you know, one of them kills another one, you know? So, um, Adam and Eve, first two kids, I mean, they're, they were created by God, walked with God and one of their children murders the other child. So apparently they didn't do all the right steps. And that was before mainstream media. Uh, so, uh, so I, so Ben, let's just talk about it. Uh, so basically what was, you know, you had your conversation, maybe, maybe not in your small group, but what was your thinking as you were talking about that stuff? Well, I mean, and this is based on Paul David Tripp's book, uh, Parenting, and then it's like the grace, grace something or other. It's, it's something about grace in the title. Uh, and it's been really good. It's super encouraging, the, you know, overall. The the part that I got is, and I think this is the point of the book. The point, not every book needs to be, here's practical 15 steps on how to parent. Because, you know, that is maybe good. But at the same time, if you just think that it is just 15 steps, I think, that's one forgetting that there is like a soul and there is God involved and there is um, sin involved and there is, you know, other stuff there. It's not just a formula that just pumps out good kids every time. And honestly, a lot of times the families that think that you end up seeing a lot of issues there. If they think it's just like a perfect formula of you make them, you know, get up at this time and you watch the, you know, you uh, learn this instrument and you do this thing and then just, and it ends up, they're just great kids, you know? But anyway, so he was kind of, I think, making sure that parents remember that they are stewarding, not just, um, it's not just about control per se, it's about stewardship. Uh, so anyways, it's really good. But obviously I think, you know, we, and we haven't finished the book. So uh, part of that it comes from that is because like obviously his whole thing is not discipline is not a thing. You know, he doesn't ever say that he believes in discipline. He doesn't think that you can't, you know, tell your kids what to do. But there, I think there is that kind of, there was a tension that I'm like, what's, how do you handle the, the tension between, you know, it is by God's grace and by God's lovingness that, you know, your kids are saved. You cannot save your kids. You know, they can't save themselves. That's very, very clear in the Bible. Uh, so, you know, you can, but then at the same time, there's the other side is there's a lot of things that, um, you know, God has said is wise that, uh, you know, he's, he outlines things that lead to, uh, quote unquote, good, you know, no, I will say it not quote unquote, but lead to good results that, you know, he expects if you do these things that these things often will come about, but that's not a health and wealth kind of thing because, uh, obviously that is not the end result. But, um, so just kind of that tension between how much of it is, you know, it's, it is all your responsibility, but you cannot, you know, like I teach my child, but I'm not my, you know, it's kind of like the lead the horse to water a little bit is you are doing it, but at the same time, you can't do it for them. You know, uh, I can't just will my child into being an incredible musician. I can make them do things, but I can't make them learn it. You know, like it's right. kind of that, that. So that's kind of where it came. Well, I from. think, don't you think some of the tension too, is that some people, the way they talk, they kind of say, well, you just do your best and then you roll the dice and you hope it turns out. Okay. 
Um, and it does kind of feel like some parents talk that way. Um, and again, this is not this. This is a hard topic because, you know, there are lots of parents listening whose kids have maybe they have done that, walked away from God and thumbed their nose at you and everything, you know. And so it's it's never again like, oh, see, if you would have done it the way we're suggesting, you wouldn't have these problems. That's not what we're saying. Um but it does. I, I, I think there again, there is that tension and it can be um, it can drive parents to do some crazy things, um, either to kind of back off and say, well, they got to make their own choices, you know, or it can cause us to hammer down, you know, and say, well, I just won't let you make any bad choices. And I think both of those things end in disaster right both i of think them, it's actually. the extremes yeah where you know yeah it is the parents where it's just kind of like well they don't you know you don't learn how not to sin unless you sin kind of idea which is they never say it that way but that's essentially what it is or uh which obviously everyone's sinning it's not that you can be perfect but or the other option is, the other end of that is they just have all the answers and you know my kid looks perfect and so and our family looks perfect but often you'll find out that is there is no thing no one can be perfect perfect and that can often cause a lot of resentment and stuff um uh and so yeah i mean i think that's kind of the it's kind of that middle ground where i think that is that grace and understanding that it is impossible to have every answer that god is the answer in that but then at the same time you can't just be absolutely nothing do whatever they want because your kids are and we are too but we are sinful we need god they're sinful they need us you know and god you know through us as well um so yeah i don't know i mean you know so that's kind of the i think the the, the hard part there um yeah and there are and that. like you said ben there are, there is kind of a a uh the bible kind of talks both ways i mean qualifications for leadership really are how you control right. your family and if that weren't the case, you know, why put that there if if you couldn't kind of manage your family? You know, if it were just kind of a shot I think in the that's dark a better kind way of thing. Of saying it because I don't think it's just about controlling. I think it's about teaching and leading them to be like God, you know, like you slash, you know, like God and mm -hmm. good followers. Because like you can control your kid into being again, looking really good, but that doesn't mean their heart is in the right place. You know, and I feel like we, right. our church, we grew up, you know, quite a few of our friends, they looked great as kids, but their heart was clearly not in the right spot, you know? Um, right. But I think part of that is, and this is the part I was kind of hoping, I would hope that Ben and I would kind of like yell at each other during this time, just so it kind of feels like one of those conversations. Um, but, you know, I think there is a, because I would see some of these families that everything looked good. The, the kids all wore matching whatever. They all wore, they were all dressed up. They were all, you know, they never, it was always, yes, dad, or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and to me, it felt unsustainable that they could not keep playing that game. And in fact, it reminds me a lot of uh, the Disney movie Frozen. Um, when Frozen first came out, I can remember hearing parents say, oh, you know, uh, Elsa, who's the ice princess, um, it's just a story of rebellion. You know, she rebels against her parents. She throws off, uh, you know, the cold never bothered me anyway. And to me, it was really the case of terrible parenting, you know? Um, in fact, uh, you, you've seen it, Ben, uh, how it should have ended. There's some a bunch of YouTube videos that 
this this guy or people and uh at one point you know the, the the troll dad is the troll guy he's telling him you know she's got these you know gifts and and the dad is saying so i should hide them i should tell her not to reveal herself i should tell her to stuff her feelings and he goes no yeah. <laughs> he goes so i should tell her you know to whatever lock her up in a room and he goes no are you a terrible dad yeah. you know and really because that's what happens you know when you try to control a child and tell them not to feel not to challenge not to whatever you really lead them that's how it ends up they go off to the middle of the and make an ice castle you know because that's where it pushes them i think as as parents you know we want our kids to be able to talk about anything um and i know i know some parents um who've told us you know that some of their kids are struggling because they were in churches or in groups that did not allow them to be different, you know, did not allow them to question anything. And, you know, God's big enough to handle any questions. As parents, we're big enough to handle those questions, and we can talk to our kids about it. But, you know, I remember when I, I was impacted one time, and I, this is years and years and years ago. I wish I'd kept this email because I know I'm butchering it. But we were talking about, you know, kids walking away and that kind of thing. And this lady wrote and she said, you know, my dad did everything with me. He loved me so much. He was so kind. She goes, there was no way I could ever walk away from him or God. You know, and she wasn't making any theological point. She was really j just saying there was something about that relationship that I didn't want to ruin. Uh, and, um, you know, and I've thought about that a lot since then. Um, and even in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, it says, the love of Christ compels us or constrains us. And I think what he's saying is that, you know, it's not our love for Christ that keeps us on the straight and narrow. It's his love for us that somehow does something in us that pulls us towards him. Um, and I think sometimes as parents, we do things that push our kids away. You know, some of those things are we make rules, we enforce rules, we are unflexible, unbending, and maybe we don't even define those things. Um, you know, I, again, I, I've known parents who said, no, my girls aren't going to wear shorts. And, you know, the kids were doing terrible things. And the mom would say, really? Is that what we're going to enforce? And sometimes we dads or moms, we die on whether they're going to wear shorts or they're going to listen to certain style of music or wear, uh, you know, wear their hair a certain way. Um, I remember talking to a pastor, um, Ben would know who he was, and uh, his son had the weirdest hair I've ever seen in my life. Every time I saw this kid, I mean, he was a teenager and he'd have hair sticking up or out or, you know, and I, I, I when I'd see his dad, I'd kind of like, whoa, I saw your son's hair. And he goes, you know, I told my wife, there are a lot of things to die on. I'm not going to make his hair an issue. And I thought, you know, it was really a wise dad because again, I mean, I, I don't know the, the trip book that you're talking about. I mean, I haven't read it. But, you know, he was more concerned about his heart than he was about right. his hair. Well, that's a huge so. 
thing, I think, um, and really be included in there. Because, I mean, and again, I'm not, this is not a thing to, if your kid has, you know, crazy hair or whatever, like you can, you know your child's heart and you, and that's that's totally fine. But it, it always, it does, and that's, again, the, the kind of example where it gets me nervous is a little bit is where, you know, you, you think like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's not the hill to die on. And it's not, you know, because like the hair is not anything. But... I had a lot of friends and people and people I've known where it, they were that way. And you're like, Oh, it's just, that's just, they're different. And you know, I'm sure their heart's good, but then their heart wasn't good. And they ended up, it was just another reflection of something that, you know, they, they made it seem like they were fine. And then later on they weren't, you know? So I, I it's just always like, but I think but it's, again, it's not the cause. It's just, you right. know, it's a secondary thing, but sometimes it does become a, it can become a cause. Like for example, for the hair, so, you know, I've got a son right now who, who likes his bangs shaggy, you know, and I said, hey, we're going to cut your hair. And he's like, I'm good. I like them longer. I'm like, well, someday you can have it long, but you can't have it long here, you know. And so, you know, we've controlled our kids hair or at least we've put limits if it got too terrible or other things. You know, my daughter, Maggie, she's she's like uh, she's getting ready to turn 18 and she's like, hey, I going to do a second earring. And I'm like okay she goes or a nose ring my daughter-in-law was encouraging her not rissa and i'm like no you can't have a nose ring and she's like why not i think they're pretty and i'm like because it doesn't look pretty to me uh so when you're out of my house you can and again i'm smiling the whole time it's not a huge deal it's just my deal and so we talk about it you know and but if you make the nose ring everything or if you make the hair everything then it becomes everything um, I always think it's interesting that, you know, kids who've been have their are super rigid, you know, that we said, hey, you got to live this way, do this way. The first thing they do when they, you know, want to show that they're rebelling, they do all the things that they weren't allowed to do before because we made it about things. You know, do we expect certain behavior in our house? Yes. You know, they can't talk a certain ways. They can't watch certain things. But I'm not inflexible and, and, and so rigid that I don't allow them to fail sometimes right. or for me to fail sometimes. Well, I think um, that's super critical because it can feel like for people who do have more rules than others, it can feel like it's all just about following the rules. But I would say like with our family, we were, you know, I think overall, I mean, compared to a lot of people, you weren't that strict, but compared to a lot of others, you were, uh, but it did not feel like it was mindless and or, proud of it. Yeah. Mindless and, or, you know, completely, uh, devoid of reason, you know, cause a lot of people I've talked to, they felt angry because they just felt like they had no interaction with their parents when it came to any of it. Um, and they felt like their parents were extremely authoritarian without very much relationship slash also they had no idea why for anything and it just caused resentment. And I think that's pretty natural. I mean, for a lot of things, if you just have something over you, that's causing, even if it's legitimate and it's a good reason, it can often cause a lot of anger if you just have no communication with them or have no idea why. So I really appreciate that. Uh, but it isn't, yeah, I think that was. And there were times that we would talk through things. I remember when we first had iPhones, we put on, you know, browsers that you couldn't and controls that you couldn't see everything. And Ben was super tech and he's like, yeah, but I can't do it. And I'm like, I know. Would you just kind of hang with me? Would you like this the best I can do? You know, and he was kind of like, yeah, okay, dad. You know, he may not have understood it completely, but he understood me. He knew that I was trying to do something for him. 
Um, and again, I think I was listening on the radio today and they were talking about um, how regrets, you know, this is uh, just somebody on the news. They were talking about regrets and they were saying, and they never once said like this thing that we could ask forgiveness from someone else. And I, I wanted to like call in and say, you know, the greatest gift we have is really the ability or the, the gift of asking forgiveness because somehow that does something in somebody. Uh, I mean, I, I, I had a thing going on with one of my kids yesterday and it was brutal and ugly and I didn't respond great. He didn't respond great. But afterwards, I just said, hey, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm sorry you feel that way. And I held him and I patted him. And somehow that made everything okay. Uh, it didn't resolve, you know, the prior to um, or w wash away my mistakes. But I think our kids can kind of handle that. And again, when the relationship is good, they don't want to walk away. Sometimes, uh, you know, even in King with King David, you know, his son Absalom, I think his dad or his son Absalom wanted to do sinful things in front of his dad to hurt his dad because the relationship was broken. Yeah, I was looking for uh that was one of the things he mentioned was something about like i can't find it but that yeah parents who don't you know there isn't forgive or if there isn't uh weakness slash asking for forgiveness that breeds resentment or something like it as well mm -hmm. um and i thought that was super super good but i, I mean i do agree and i think that's the biggest thing that you know, from their conversation the other day. And also this is just is, yeah, how important that relationship is. And cause a lot of those other stuff, you know, I mean, when you trust someone and you know that they have your best interests at heart and they truly love you and they are doing the best they can and you see that and you feel that, you know, this is a kid, it goes a long way when they ask you to do something that is not what you want, you know? Um, and, and obviously I think at most kids would say, you know, theoretically, like, yeah, my parent loves me. I know they're trying to, you know, but a lot of them, it still is, they don't truly believe that, you know, it just feels like they just wanted to, you know, control everything I did or whatever. But I mean, I, I think that mom and dad did a good job mm -hmm. at really prioritizing the relationship and a lot of the ones that I've, you know, my other fellow um, friends growing up, it was the parents that seemed to do that, that it, it did make a big difference. So even if you have some of those strict things, prioritizing relationships still, it made a big impact in my life. And, uh, I think, it and I would say continue. too, that, you know, uh, again, I, I guess I never, I never feared that my children would walk away because I just, I just thought, why would, why would they want to? Mm -hmm. Um, but I do know that some parents have been thrown for a loop because sometimes outside influences can change everything. You know, they change the formula altogether. And I'm not going to tell you that certain things, you know, that you shouldn't let your kids do whatever, go on, I don't know, be around certain people. But I'll tell you what, even Ben's grandpa, who I thought didn't even seem very aware at times, one time said to me as i was sitting in his living room he goes you know a lot of these kids just seem so solid so good and then they go off to a university and they come back and they have abandoned everything mm -hmm. 
And to me, again, not as a formula, but that feels dangerous to me. And some, sometimes we put our kids around other people who are a huge influence and we think, well, that's just the way it goes. And then our kids get in places I, I, I don't think they want to be. Um, I don't know. Again, and, and I'm that's not, that, again, that kind of that balance between like, obviously it's not the fault of a college that they are no longer in the, you know, that their heart right. is not safe, but at the same time, you can't just throw yourself in and, and expect that the things that you're around do not have impact on your life. And I mean, well, I think the Bible says that. It yeah. Says, oh, yeah. One hundred percent. Can you put can you put fire in your bosom and not being burned? You know, can right. you take can your kid be in the fire and not be come out unscathed? Totally. And the answer is no, they can't. I mean, there's lots of places. I mean, Proverbs it talks about over and over, like the wise being, you know, a fool surrounds themselves with, uh, you know, different people. I mean, just like it just goes through all these different people of like, you know, wise and the fool, what like they tend to be around and stuff like that. But then also like we see it as adults all the time. I mean, your community tends to regurgitate what the rest of the community says, you know, I mean, um, even as a, you know, I tend to be a pretty conservative, you know, uh, you know, whatever group, but like, you see it 2024 yeah right yeah but you see like literally even stuff that people would often probably not agree with they will agree with because it's the group you know or whatever and it's just common i mean adults do it teens and kids are going to do it but at the same time just because your kid seems to be whatever you know nor uh believing and all that just something i really appreciated is really having in-depth conversations and and honestly even in my own very close friend circles i would say less than half of them actually ever had conversations deeper than just we went to church and stuff like that with their parents you know and a lot of them really didn't feel like they had true understanding of it until probably late high school or later you know Uh, and i think that's something that definitely uh, was shocking to me is just how common it was to not really have those deeper conversations about God and about faith and about all of those things. Uh, so and just I because just you go to church to every week does not mean that it's in a great spot. And just so you don't think like I was some great no, parent. No, no, yeah, for sure. Mom was some great parent. For it that. wasn't like we had we had family altar right. every night at right after dinner. I mean, we'd have little periods of, of family devotions and then we'd crash and burn for a year or two, yeah, an hour, a couple of years. And it wasn't like we sat down and read all theologies. I think it was just what I believe is Deuteronomy chapter chapter six. When you rise up, when you lie down, when you walk along the way and you model it, you just talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it is a, a, a conversation. Um, hey, we're out of time, but I will just say, because I know there are probably some who um, maybe their kids are older and maybe some have walked away. I believe this, that moms and dads, you're the way home. Your love is the way home. You know, when I think about the prodigal son and I'll, I'll tell you my observation as a pastor and doing this for almost 20 years now is that most of those kids or maybe all those kids who walk away, they tend to come back, you know, they do. Um, but like the prodigal's father, you know, son's father, he was there waiting. And I think, you know, I would be waiting expectantly and hopefully and use lots of unconditional love when they, when they, when they do make that 
return home. Um, I know sometimes it's easy just to draw lines and say, not until. I don't know. I'd try to stay in their lives and smile lots, love lots, and pursue. Well, what would you say, you know, because some of this can feel especially, you know, if you just have younger kids or whatever, it can feel a little bit overwhelming because you are responsible, you know, to, Mm -hmm. you know, lead well and teach and guide and all of that and shepherd them. But, you know, you don't want to just leave them with, hey, here's all the good things you can do. And I'm not, you know, again, I'm not ever trying to set up. And this is something that we intentionally do not want it to ever feel like that the Wilsons had it all together and know how to do it right because it's not not true you know no one uh, and if you're following my son doesn't even know how to blow up a balloon yeah exactly but uh (laughs) what's how would you like what would you say to leave them with encouragement through all this you know and not just uh you know not feeling overwhelmed or anything like that here's what i would say you do not have to be afraid you can just parent you can you can spank them you can put rules on them in fact you should Because, you know, the Bible says our fathers disciplined us and we respected them for that. Um, In fact, they will grow to hate you if you don't. Um, So I would do, you know, I'd go ahead and put on those little kids, I'd put lots of rules. And then as they get older, I'd still have rules, but I'd talk about those rules. And I would love your kids and I would do fun things with your kids. I would blow it in front of them. I would be angry sometimes and mad at my wife and show them how ugly you can be. And then you go and you pray together and you do life together and you trust in God together. And I think they don't need you to model, you know, a perfect biblical life. They need to, you to model just someone who's dependent on God. And I think, again, if you enjoy them while you're enjoying God, that's kind of irresistible. You just, mm-hmm. you just want to be a part of that. Um, You know, I mean, I try to put my arms around my kids in church. Why? Just so they'll feel good about church is a good spot. I joke with my kids in church, so I'm not slapping them all the time, you know, and going, shh, shh, be quiet, sit up straight. Because who would want to be a part of that? You know, and I think think the same thing with God. If you're just constantly going, you know, would God be, you know, would God be pleased with the way you're acting right now? And you're, that's all you're doing. You get to a point. They say, dad's not pleased with me. Mom's not pleased with me. God's not pleased with me. I'm not trying anymore. Um, so I would, I'd do all that and I wouldn't be afraid. I would just enjoy being a mom and a dad. I'd enjoy, and I will say again, you know, I believe in homeschooling. Homeschooling not to teach our kids math and all those things, mm-hmm. but just where we can sit. And again, we can rise up together. We can talk, lay down together. We can talk along the path. Um, and I think that with this closing will cause you to smile. Thanks for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you ever have a topic or question you would like us to cover, feel free to message us over on Facebook. Also, thank you to Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring The Smiling Homeschooler. They are an amazing company and math curriculum, and you can check out a free trial over at teachingtextbooks.com. Have a great week, and as always, keep smiling.